Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Report in what is our first report for 2021. Now, in a slightly different format than usual this week, we'll look at what happened in the market during 2020 and then get into what has been happening in the Australian stock market since my last report. Um, I'll also be answering your questions and looking at the stocks that you've been asking about the past few weeks whilst we have been on holidays. Now, I'm Dale Gillan, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, before we get into or moving into our report, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Now, remember, as you subscribe, click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune in to our first live Australian stock market show for the year, which is on tomorrow night and every Tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern time. Now, this is the show where you get to ask us the stock market education and trading experts to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. Now, after the ups and downs of 2020, I know for myself, it was really nice to get away and relax a little, especially for us here in Melbourne. It was nice to be able to get out with the family and friends in a more normal way. Now, from the team here at Wealth Within, I do hope everyone had a great Christmas and New Year, and we have many things planned to bring you in 2021. So stay with us on this journey as we get through all that new information and education that we're going to teach you during 2021. Now, before I get into this week's report, I really would like to thank those of you who have been sending in emails and giving us great feedback on your success stories or successes after reading our books. Now, also, We'd like to thank those of you sending emails of support for Janine and I and the content that we share that we make free right here on YouTube. So thank you very much for sending those emails in. Now let's bring up the charts and look at what happened in 2020. Now you may be asking us why we're doing this. After all, that was last year and we can't change what happens. So whilst we can't change things that occurred, we can learn a lot from the past as the past repeats. For example, in the early 2000s, we had a technology boom and bust in the tech rack. Now, in 2020, we experienced a boom in technology stocks. Now, the question is whether this will continue into 2021 or do we need to get ready for another tech rack? We also experienced a Bitcoin bubble in 2017 and subsequent bust into 2018. Now, 2020 has seen another boom in Bitcoin unfold. And again, the question remains, will Bitcoin repeat the past boom and bust cycle? Now, whilst I'm not going to answer all of these questions right here on this show today, Janine and I will address these 
in the coming weeks and months as we go through this year. Now, before we get into the charts, let's discuss the sectors in the Australian market. The best so far this month is energy, which is up 7.83%, followed by materials. That's up 6.59% and financials. That's up 3.46%. The worst performing sectors so far this month are information technology, that's down 3.78%. Healthcare, that's down 0.69%. And communication services is up 0.39%. Now, the best performing stocks in the S&P ASX 100 are oil surge, which is up a whopping 15.09%. Followed by Oz Minerals up 11.33%, Santos not far behind, up 11.32%. The worst performers this month include Link Administration, which is down 16.22%, Magellan Financial, that's down 5.52%, and the A2 Milk Company, that's down 4.45%. So now it's time to bring up the computer so we can look at our watch list and the chance of the Australian market. Okay, so what I was saying just before was I need to go and look at 2020 and what happened. And as we know is what happened in the past does happen in the future again because the market is very cyclical. And so what we'll see is stocks or markets rise and fall in regular patterns. And, and that's really what the market does. And, and I know you've probably been watching us for quite a long time. You'll know Janine and I always talk about price, time, pattern. And pattern happens in price, it happens in time, or two different metrics that we actually use to measure the market. So a lot of people have some simple understanding of what patterns are, but in general, just keep it really really simple for yourself in those that markets rise and fall in, regu in regular patterns. So they might uh, specifically uh, rise for 12 months and fall for three months, for example. Um, you might find stocks rise and fall over seven weeks. So there's another example of a different pattern again. So what we're going to do is look at 2020 and see what happened and where the money went in in 2020. Because what we know is that human nature says if something gets too expensive, we stop buying it and it starts to fall away. So what you're seeing here is then uh, people then start moving money into what was what, what is perceived to be cheap or the next thing. And when we're looking at investing in the market, we're always looking at what is going to be the next opportunity, not what happened. And you probably remember me saying numerous times last year that you can't buy last week's return or last year's returns. You've got to get into next year's returns. So this will help us determine what markets or what sectors of the markets and what stocks will be the better performing ones throughout 2021. So let's have and have a look at the chart right now. I've got on the screen there my watch list, which is my normal uh, sector watch list. All I've done here is you can see there up the top left-hand corner up there, it's, I've set it for one year. And what I've done is I've just used my charting software and I've had the day range from the end of 2019 to the end of 2020 to give us only the data between those two dates. So you can see here that information technology was the best performing sector last year in the Australian market. Now that was up 56.35%. Materials, that was up 13.37%. Consumer discretionary up 863 Consumer staples, 3.57. Healthcare, 2.97. Communication services, that was up 0.91%. And uh, this is the All Ordinaries Index, just making it into positive territory by the end of December, up just 0.71. Remember, before even November hit, uh, our market was still down 6 or 7% in October from for that calendar year. And so it did come back really strongly in November. And went a little bit sideways, 
um, through December, but we will look at the Australian market in a minute and I'll share with you what I think it will do and what's happening there. We can see financials, that was down 9% last year, industrials down 14, utilities down 21, and energy down 29.93, even after a very, very strong run through in November. Remember, information technology um, went up, as you can see, they're up 56.35%, but I'm seeing Energy will be the performer this year, I'd say. Janine and I have been saying that for months and months and months. Now, for, you, for, for those who watch our shows regularly, remember in the last three weeks, Janine and I did some shows where we recorded our thoughts on each one of these sectors. So I'm not going to go into the charts of every one of those. If you want to understand what's going on, our thoughts on each one of these sectors, please go and have a look at some of the recordings that we've done over the last few weeks. We did put those together before the end of last year. One, we looked at the sectors, and then the next two, we looked at the top 20 stocks in the Australian market. So we did 10 one week, and then the next 10 the next week, which was last week. So if you go back over the last three weeks, you'll see our thoughts on all the top 20 stocks in the Australian stock market, my market capitalization. But if you go back three weeks ago, you'll see or hear our thoughts on what each one of these sectors will be doing and where we see the opportunities running through this year. Now, information technology. Now, People will try and jump into that. They say, wow, it's risen 56% last year. It was all the rage last year. It's not going to be the same next year. And I really think we're going to see a, we've had a, a tech boom bust back in the late um, 1990s in early 2000, 2000, 2001 area. We had that boom bust of technology sector. Right now we're in that same sort of cycle or pattern again, of that boom bust with technology. So what I'm expecting is maybe this year, maybe next year, but technology will have another bust cycle. So just be, I'm not saying don't invest in information technology or information technology sector. I'm just suggesting that some of these stocks that have been doing so well and running in that boom cycle will bust. Uh, and so what we need to do is be careful about what we're picking and not just jumping in, trying to grab that yesterday's return. So just because information technology rose 56% last year, doesn't mean it's going to do it this year. And it's highly unlikely it's going to rise 56% this year. We're more likely to see, uh, as I mentioned here, energy, utilities, materials. We do like, still like materials. Healthcare, we do like uh, healthcare as well. But just looking at this, it says where are the opportunities lie. And this is generally in this bottom half or this bottom chunk here. The ones that didn't perform as well, that's where the money will start to flowing through because as sectors get expensive or stocks within those sectors get expensive. For example, Afterpay has gone did absolutely brilliantly in 2020. It was the stock to own in 2020 and did very, very well. In fact, all of our um, WAC stocks did quite well, uh, some better than others, but they did reasonably well last year, all of them in the information technology. But don't assume you'll get those sorts of returns on Afterpay or information technology sector in itself. So let's now move on. Now I'm going to have a look at the All Ordinaries Index. Now you can see here, um, is that not the one I want? I want to move over. Nope, there we go. This is the one. Nope, sorry, I'll go back to here. Let me go. I'll just use this one. I'll just get rid of this. I'm just checking my dot price scale there. But looking at the All Ordinaries Index, you can see now we did talk about having a, whether there was going to be a Santa religion, and I did talk about that. And you can see here, no, uh, December there, we opened uh, at 6742.1. 
We moved really strongly up to 7,009 now. I thought hmm, we might break 7,100 by the end of the year. We may not, um, but I'm thinking probably 7,000 would pull up our market. And, and it really did. It came back a little bit later on and it really went sideways. And we'll show you that on the weekly chart. But we closed out the month at 6,850. Um, and here... January's taken up beautifully, up 173 points. And we're only in the first, you know, I'm recording this on the 11th of January, so we really only had a week-ish of this data, and January's looking beautifully strong. But let's go um, back onto the weekly chart and really have a good look at what's going on on that weekly chart. Now, you can see here, it's right through December. So we had this big move up through here in November. You can see one, two, three, four weeks up. And really, December, it went up early on, but then it just slowly folded over So in this. And we do that, the market does that all the time. You can see how it rises strongly, folds over, rises strongly, folds over. And it's just an easing of that. And you'll see volumes drop off a little bit in these times as well as we, the, the big end of town don't want the market to overheat. Now, obviously, December, we always get lower volumes in December. And up till around about this time, we'll start seeing volumes really starting to increase now we're moving into this second week of January. People are starting to get back to work. The brokers are all starting to get back to work. People are starting to think about what the, the year is about. But right now, I think the, the Australian market is looking good. I think this high here, which is our all-time high back from February last year uh, at 7289, I believe this will get broken by the end of February. I, I'm pretty confident we'll get uh, there by the end of February. We may even get there by the end of January over the next couple of weeks if the market stays strong. Again, and there are a few sectors that we do really, really like, like energy, materials, healthcare. Uh, and again, please just go and watch those videos that Janine and I did, and you'll get a lot more detail in those. We've actually looked at the charts. We've talked a lot about those. So go and have a look at those. But right now, I think there's nothing to worry about on the Australian market. Um, looking, if I, I just want to make a little bit of a comment on the US market in terms of a lot of people um, are looking at that at the moment. I think we're going to see a little bit of an issue with their technology stocks this year, so um, they might might be coming down as well. I don't think the US market's going to perform as well as the Australian market in this coming year as well. So, But again, we do really need to keep our eye on what we're doing in our own backyard. There are tons of opportunity here in Australia to profit from stocks. Uh, there's a lot of um, scope here, but this is going to be the year of a transitional sort of change. I think what we're going to be able to see is some of those really good stocks, the big stocks, the beautiful stocks really start to do very, very well. So some of the banks might do a little bit better um, than what they have been doing over the last five years. So right now is a good time to look for value. It is a lot of uncertainty around the world and right now with COVID-19, obviously with the change of president in the US, all sorts of things that are going on at this point in time, what's going on in China and China's relationship with Australia. So there is a lot of balls being juggled in there and uncertainty doesn't necessarily lead to stability, but that's why a lot of play people will start to go a little bit more for, as I said, the bigger stocks, the more stable stocks, the stuff that traditionally performs very, very well. So a little bit more stable stability in your portfolio is a good thing. So looking at those top 20 stocks that Jenny and I talked about over the last week, few weeks, go and watch those videos you know, after you finish watching this one. Look at those and then keep looking at those this year because there's some great opportunities there. But now it, it's time to get into some of your questions. But before I do, I really wanted to talk a little bit about how you should use the information in this and indeed any information you get from the internet. Now, I know a lot of people do watch these videos of our market wraps to watch it and I uh, in our live show and then they watch other YouTube videos with um, people, some 
experts, some not experts, but people do tend to search the web everywhere and trying to get all this sort of information. And really, you know, as the same with other experts, Janine and I will give you our thoughts on stocks and answer your questions. Now, we don't we don't tell you people or anybody to buy and sell. We just, or just because we say we like a stock or, or don't like a stock, this is not and should never ever be taken as a recommendation on anything to do anything, whether you buy or sell, it's really up to you. Now remember, it's 100% your responsibility to understand the information we share and more importantly, the context in which it was given to you. Um, if you choose to invest uh, in something or exit an investment, then you really do need to own your research or do your own research and satisfy yourself as to what is the best action for you. Remember, it's your decision, it's your money, it's your life. And so you should always be accountable for that. And I find all too often people will watch a video and then go and do something saying, that person said that. Um, and then somebody, they'll say to me, hey, Dale, this person said that, so I did it, but they were wrong. And I went, no, they weren't wrong. You just took what they said out of context. And, and that happens like 95% of the time when people say to me, oh, this expert said that, this broker said that, that financial planner said that. I, I find a lot of people take things out of context. And this is the thing is with information, with experts like Janine and I, we're always talking about risk. So what is the risk today? Not necessarily tomorrow or next week or next month because risk changes. It's a constantly changing there. So really do be careful about what advice you do get, where you go and get that advice. But most importantly, educate yourself and inform yourself so you know what you're doing. And if you do that, you'll be a better investor and much safer. And you'll also sleep at night. Now, I also wanted to reiterate that we receive a lot of comments and questions. Um, in fact, more than we can actually answer in any of our videos. Now, firstly, I'd like to thank everyone who took the time to post genuine constructive comments. Now, I do wanted to remind you that we place importance on comments and questions that come from our subscribers to this channel, the people that really support what Janine and I are doing, and that's, they're the people that we concentrate on. You support us, we support you. Now, this means that whilst Janine and I are happy to freely give our time to answering your questions, and you do need to support us. This means that if you're not a subscriber to our channel, then it's unlikely that your questions will ever get answered. Okay, now that takes us to the questions for today. And the first question we have today is from Mimi, who commented, Aussie market moves too slow, USA quicker. Interesting question. And I do get that a lot. I mean, over the last 25 years, whatever, how many years I've been helping traders and investors and teaching and supporting and mentoring people, it's constant that people go, ah, the US is faster, the US is faster. In fact, in my first book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, I talk about um, being at an investment seminar about well, pretty close to 30 years ago where um, I was sitting in the audience and the uh, person up front was suggesting we should invest in overseas markets because you'll make far more money. And they put up all the returns of the US market compared to the Australian market over a period of, I'm not sure whether it was 10 or 20 years, I can't remember exactly. I'd have to read my own book to figure it out again because um, it was that while ago. And I went, well, oh, that the the at the time the argument was really valid or it seemed really valid. But what I did, instead of just believing this expert, about what it was or what was perceived to be the better way. The US market was better than the Australian market. Now they were trying to get us to invest in overseas um, managed funds in, to invest in the US market. I went home and said, okay, and I got a spreadsheet. I'm gonna put $1,000 
um, in a cell on my spreadsheet and I used the returns that they gave us for the US market and the Australian market. And all I did was compound those returns just through that period of time, whether it was 10 or 20 years. And at the end of the, in the, end of the summary, the Australian market dramatically outperformed the US market. Now that was surprising um, to me based on what they were telling me, but that was the reality of things. And every bit of research that I see, uh, again, into my book, it's in my latest book, I show a big chart of the US and Australian markets over the past 100 years, where they're tracking it all adjusted for inflation and everything else that was done by a big research house. And the, and the research doesn't prove what your statement is. Actually, the research says, says that the Australian market and the US market will outperform each other for periods of time, but they eventually will come back together. And that's really the research. So while some stocks or sectors may outperform, for example, last year, the technology sector in the US outperformed beautifully. It was just an amazing sector. But again, I don't believe the technology sector will perform as well this year. We will have a crash in the technology sector in the next two years. That would be my um, educated guess. Now, again, based on what I said before, that's my educated guess. I'm not saying don't buy technology stocks. I'm just saying if you buy technology stocks and we are in a big boom, there will be a crash. After every boom, there is always a crash. So just be aware that something may happen. So um, technology may boom for the next 18 months and then crash for six months. It may boom for the next three months and then crash. Whenever that is, is whenever that is. But if you understand that's happening, then you'll be able to protect yourself and be ready for that to exit that. So I'm not saying don't buy technology. I'm just saying be a little bit more wary, be a little bit more selective when buying it, be, be aware that a boom is happening. Same with Bitcoin, uh, you know, to me right now, Bitcoin's going through a big boom. We were getting so many people in the 2016, 17 saying buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. Um, and you know, really it was going up very, very hard. And I had journalists talking to me about Bitcoin, I think in October, November, 2017, and I was in Sydney chatting with these people and I'm saying Bitcoin's gonna crash because it's not supported by anything, it's not backed, it's sort of like the Wild West, if that makes sense. It's not regulated, there's a lot of issues around that. And it crashed in 2018. Now Bitcoin's gone through the roof again. Um, I think it's up nearly 30 or around 30,000 um, um, dollars uh, at the moment, so it's gone very, very high. Um, but again, Bitcoin will crash again because it's not something that's like, it's not backed by gold at this point in time. So it's, it's not something that's super tangible, if that makes sense. It's not like a stock like a BHP, which has a business behind it. Bitcoin runs on the buying and selling pressures. And so you will see Bitcoin crash again. I'm not saying it's going to crash tomorrow or next week or even next month or even this year, but it will crash again. And I don't expect it will be in the not too distant future. I'm not saying five years, it might be in the next one year. But we need to be careful about making assumptions. And just to wrap it up, don't assume the US market runs faster than the Australian market. I believe our Australian market will outperform the US market in 2021. That's really what I'm believing at the moment. So, but great question and I'm really glad you asked it. Next, we have a question from Benjamin. He says, in the end of the day, isn't volume representing demand and supply? And that determines the share price rather than the balance sheet. Uh, yes and no. It's 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 like a. I'm not saying I was going to say it's like a double-edged sword. Demand for anything will dictate price. Uh, if there's more demand for buying BHP, the share price will go up. But eventually, BHP or whatever the stock will do will get fundamentally overvalued. So the balance sheet will say it's way overvalued. And we need to remember that the big end of town are the major investors in stocks. 
especially anything in the top 200 stocks. Anything outside the top 100 stocks, it's less. Um, obviously, when they move up into those new indices from the top 200, top 100, top 50, the more participation you get by the bigger end of the town. So if you look at the, the owners or the major shareholders of the top 50 stocks, a lot of institution, and so it'd probably be about two thirds of the trading on those stocks is institutional type of trading. So what you're looking at there is those people we buying next year's return or the next three years return. So they're looking at what will move this year and next year and the year after. So they're buying those stocks and so they're buying them while they're un fundamentally undervalued. So their balance sheets are saying they're worth this, but they're only trading at this. Now they start putting the demand into it. The, they start to rise up and then, um, can I say the average person or the person on the street will then start buying into those stocks. So, but when you're talking about more lower liquid stocks and let's say small caps, micro caps, spec stocks, penny dreadfuls, that supply and demand most definitely don't really quite often don't actually match the balance sheet. So, so that's why I'm saying it's like a, it's like a double-edged sword, this one, depending on the stock you're looking at, the answer is yes. Um, for example, if you're looking at a one cent stock that doesn't make any money, but there's a lot of people pumping it, the demand for that stock will take it up in price. And obviously, if people are selling it, the opposite will happen. So that supply demand will make the price move regardless of what the balance sheet actually says. But generally, when you're looking at those top 200 stocks, you might get, you'll get an elastic band or a variance there of where the value is to what the price is. So the value will go up above what the, the, the intrinsic value of it is, and then it'll go below it, then it'll go above it, then it'll go below it. That's really what you're doing. But again, it all does come back to that balance sheet and what it's really, really worth. But another fantastic question, and thank you for asking that. Now, our next question is from Michael, who says, um, index view is the best perspective to take with startups. Now that's an interesting comment. There's more think more there. And he's, he's made this comment in relation to an interview that Janine and I did with Michael Waits of Asia Tech Podcast, which was on, I think last week or the week before our, our market wrap video or our, sorry, no, our live show, uh, best of the live show series. So that Michael was on all that. And he was talking about startups and uh, getting venture capital, those sorts of things. So index view. Yeah, I don't mind that index view could be a good, good way because when you're looking at micro caps or startups, it's hard to look at the business sort of side of things because a lot of those things that's much more about on an idea, for example, an app that might do something and somebody's got the idea, but there's no there's no um, sales coming through, there's not a lot of revenue coming through, and there might be, but there doesn't necessarily, but you might think, well, technology is a sector that's moving, so anything in the top technology sector might be a good thing. So I do understand how sector, sector understanding that sector is good. Now he goes on to say, or the person goes on to say in their question, um, at an angel level and maybe seed and series A total investment, in the space should be five to ten percent of net worth, with an understanding that if you don't hit an outlier or two, you will lose it all. Now, I like that statement. Now, when I'm teaching traders and we're talking about speculation, we're talking about how do you break your money up. And 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 what I talk about in my books and I talk we teach with our traders is have 90% of your money in good, safe investments and, and good balancing out your portfolio. But if you want to speculate, and speculation to me could be things like um, contracts for difference, FX, it could be anything highly leveraged, or it could be more speculative type of stocks like tech stocks or microcap stocks. But I'm looking at maybe max 10%, but then also breaking those up into smaller positions for yourself so that you're not risking at all. But if you do invest in a five or 10 cent stock or one cent stock, Always, when you invest in, always prepared to lose it all because that's possible. 
and it has happened before and happened many, many, many times. But as, as he was saying, you know, if you, if you don't hit that one or two that goes through the roof, you've got to expect that the probability of you picking one that will go through the roof is a hell of a lot less than picking a good big blue chip stock that will do very, very well for you. In fact, it's infinitely less. So you might find that out of 10 stocks you pick that are around, you know, one to 10 cents, you may be lucky to get one of them to do what you needed to do. The rest may uh, do all sorts of different things. Some may take your money and you might end up with a portfolio of buy and hold type of stocks. Uh, and that's what generally people do. But but again, you need to be prepared to lose it all. Now, best, hit, the gentleman also goes on and says, best, if it's in a thesis of the domain of your expertise related to your own knowledge base. And again, another fantastic comment. He's saying, know what you're investing in. And that's what Janine and I always are talking about. So if you want to invest in rare earths, you need to understand rare earths. If you want to invest in Bitcoin, which I mentioned earlier, understand Bitcoin or understand that crypto market. If you want to invest in um, robotics, understand them. That, that could be your area of expertise. We do get a lot of people in the mining industry that work in the mining industry that do understand the mines they're in. And they invest in some of those more micro cap mines. And I don't have a problem with that because they're right at the coal face, if you pardon the pun, um, and they understand what's going on. So I don't mind that. So that's about knowing what you're investing in. Again, thank you very much for that comment. Great comment. Agree with everything you've said there. So thank you very much for putting that up there. Now, if you do have any questions that you'd like me to answer or like us to answer, remember, the first thing you need to do is hit that subscribe button. Remember, if you don't hit that subscribe button, we probably won't be answering your question. Now, once you've subscribed to our channel, type your questions below and we'll answer it in our next recording. Now, let me ask you a question now. Um, what is your preferred stock at present? So what stock do you love at present? And what do you think? Uh, where, uh, well, the best performing stock for this coming year. So, so what stock do you love right now? Post your comments below. But remember, if you've got questions, do put them below. But do subscribe first. Now remember that here on this channel, we do these Monday market reports every single week and we also do a live stream every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. with tomorrow night being the first live show for 2021 with Janine and I and it's sure to be a cracker. I know Janine's planning one out there for us. Now thanks for watching. I'm Dale Gillam. Goodbye, good luck and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.